0: Yeah, 12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's, uh, we go straight into our tech conversations. Now, one of you on Twitter, uh, suggesting that we might want to pick up one of these weeks in our tech conversations. Just this discussion on gaming and Netflix making a foray into the world of gaming. And uh, yeah, we'll certainly take uh, that, uh, a suggestion. Uh, I think it's a great idea and uh, we'll pick that up. And, uh, in that regard. But we shift our attention now to the horn of the African continent and uh, take a look at uh, Ethiopia's telecommunications sector where recently the regulator in that part of the world invited a request for proposals this now for the second national telecommunications license uh, which is set to be issued in January 2022 now Ethiopia sold only uh, one of two full services licenses that were on offer in May citing a much lower than expected price on the second one uh, which uh, it's going to be offering once again and to tell us a bit more about this is Dobek Pata uh, who is a director at Africa Analysis Dobek good evening and welcome yeah Dobek maybe just uh, for the purpose of some of our listeners who might not have been following what's been happening here give us the context to uh, the two full services licenses that were put on offer a few months ago Uh, and in particular I guess the role of South African telecoms players uh, who are also vying for that market uh, a second most populous nation on the continent
1: following Nigeria Uh, Correct. So Ethiopia is one of those markets, one of the few markets uh, in in sub-Saharan Africa uh, that has remained effectively a monopoly, a very closed market with effectively low competition. So the the incumbent telecommunications operator, Ethiopia Telecom, has been providing fixed line services, broadband services, and mobile telecommunications services uh, those and data, in uh, fact, on an exclusive basis, uh, for a very long time. Um, and Ethiopia has been uh, talking about liberalizing the market, making it more competitive, allowing additional telecommunications operators and service providers into the market. It also has been under some pressure from global organizations uh, from, uh, to liberalize the market. and uh, Ultimately, it decided a couple of years ago that it uh, needs to open up the market as one of the key drivers of economic growth going forward. So, it's I think fairly well recognized um, by all countries and governments that communications in general, in ICT, IT services, and telecommunications are critical to improved economic growth and performance of countries going forward, uh, in, in other words allowing people to participate more fully in economies that will become more inclusive by having access to good quality um, IT services, broadband services, voice and data communications. So having their minds what um, they began to is it, it, it founded or created a market regulatory authority which previously didn't exist. Uh, in fact, the the Ministry of Communications was that regulatory authority, much influenced by the incumbent operator. And then last year, it decided to, well, yeah, this year last year, it decided to um, issue two new telecommunications licenses, which would be to operators who would be in competition to the incumbent the Telecom. And we went through a process of um, sourcing applications for those licenses, bids uh, uh, from interested parties and then finally shortlisted two bids and as you said in May this year issued one of the licenses for and the the price for that was it was dollars. Dobek. and the
0: second license was not awarded. Oh, Hi Dobek please hold the line there for me for a second uh, we're just battling there uh, there's a bit of a few dips in your line and uh, clearly not hearing okay. it properly just uh, hold the line there for us uh, while we try and call you again to re-establish our connection there uh, with uh, uh, Dobek Partha and uh, we'll continue with that discussion after this yeah, back again uh, with uh, Dobek uh, Paita, who's the director at Africa Analysis. Dobek, I hope we have you on a much better line. You were still saying
1: uh, that... Uh, I uh, hope so. Yes,
0: yes, yes. yes. <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah. yeah, in, in conclusion, <laughs> let's say to the introduction, uh, Ethiopia ended up issuing two... Well, ended up issuing one new telecommunications license in addition to the incumbent Ethiopia Telecom mm. in May this year. Uh, it did not issue the second license because it deemed... The bid price, mainly from MTN, uh, group um, based in South Africa, to mm-hmm. be too low. Uh, the, the, the license that was awarded was won by a consortium led by Safaricom out of Kenya. It also includes Varacom out of South Africa. And the price paid was 850 million US dollars. Uh, MTN offered something in the order of about 650 or 680 million dollars for the second license or for the other license and the Ethiopian authorities deemed that to be too low a price. Mm. They are now going to have in effectively restarted the process to um, attract bids for that second license and plan to award it earlier in 2022.
0: Mm. Mm. I mean, I guess the second license also has a a bit of a mobile money element to it, right?
1: So, there was one of the bounds of contention um, Ethiop Telecom, the incumbent operator in Ethiopia, began offering mobile money services um, in April, May this year. Uh, the service is branded tele being the, the local currency in Ethiopia. And it managed to negotiate a one-year moratorium on any competitive service of this nature, any other mobile money services, for a period of one year. So the license that was awarded earlier this year to the Safaricom Consortium came was awarded without the possibility of offering mobile money services uh, from the beginning, from the start. Uh, that was apparently also one of the reasons why NTN became disinterested in the license ultimately. Uh, but I think given the timelines, it has become irrelevant. So the will become irrelevant. Um, the second license that will be awarded next year will Will, will include the ability to offer mobile money services. But I think because of that, the, the first license held by the Safari com Consortium will also be allowed to offer mobile money services. Otherwise, mm. you know, it wouldn't be fair play in the market. Yeah. And I think by the time the operators ultimately begin to offer services later next year, uh, that moratorium would have lapsed anyway. Mm. And, and, and both both new operators in the market will be offering mobile money services. Yeah. Uh, having he said that Telebier has had a bit of a head start and in the past few months, they've managed to uh, subscribe or four, 4 million subscribers to the mobile money service, uh, but it doesn't mean they are, these are active users. So the market mm-hmm. is still young It's going to be on next year as well with a lot of opportunity to offer these types of services.
0: Okay. Tobek, hold the line there for me for a second. We're going to take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to talk about some of the other elements, you know, technology transfer, uh, investment in, you know, base stations, the network infrastructure, uh, and, of course, what all of this is going to mean for the telecoms market of Ethiopia. 24 minutes it is. After 8pm you tuned in to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our tech conversations. And uh, this evening uh, we take a look at uh, the latest out of uh, the telecommunications sector in Ethiopia. Dobek Pater is my guest. He's a director at Africa Analysis and uh, speaking to us this evening around uh, the latest issues here. Now Dobek, uh, you've painted a picture of the context for us and uh, thank you for that of uh, how we got here with the two full service licenses, the role of mobile in each of those licenses, which is, I guess, a critical part of the convergence in the telecommunications space of, you know, mobile offerings, money offerings, and uh, many others. Talk to me about infrastructure, because you've certainly had one incumbent player uh, Ethio, in the form of Ethiotel. Um, what's the kind of infrastructure landscape that would support all this massive investment in connectivity that is going to follow these bids? Uh, and what are some of the obligations that the Ethiopian authorities have placed on some of the bidders, um, I guess, to share whatever know-how
1: or technology they might have? Now, so there's a different type of infrastructure that you require and that operators would rely on. When they start building out the networks in a country such as Ethiopia, one is what um, one is the telecommunications backbone infrastructure. So effectively, these are telecommunications lines between cities on a national basis within cities that facilitate movement of traffic around. Um, and then uh, the the other type of telecommunications infrastructure, very broadly speaking, would be the the last mile or the access. So it would be the the mobile sites put, put up on radio equipment, put up on towers to which users connect directly. And then that traffic is then moved by that backbone, national infrastructure to a re- aggregation point and moved around nationally or internationally, depending where it needs to go. Mm. Uh, the other type of critical infrastructure is power infrastructure. And that's something that not only Ethiopia, but a lot of countries in Africa struggle with. Um, and you obviously need the the base stations, the towers to be up 24 hours, 24 by 7, otherwise they become pretty useless quickly. Um, and there are various... Technologies that operators use, apart from relying on the national grid, and, and that uh, solar is one one of the key ones. But they also put in a lot of generators, which cost a lot of money. So in Ethiopia, the, the challenge is twofold. One is that the power supply is not always reliable, so it's going to be a, a challenge to keep the base stations up all the time, mm. um, and it's going to be relatively expensive, um, and also the backbone infrastructure telecommunications backbone infrastructure in the country is fairly limited doesn't necessarily go any, everywhere and, and not uh, maybe doesn't have the capacity that it should have to accommodate um, the growth in the market a lot of new users and a lot of a lot of more traffic once once they start using data services to a greater extent uh, which a phenomenon is quite limited and uh, there, there are Constraints being placed on the new operators, on the one that has a license and, and also on the one that will receive a license. And that's that they have to use either Telecom's uh, national infrastructure to move that traffic between um. the base stations, between their own towers. And um, now how that unfolds ultimately will be seen, but I suspect that at some point uh, probably operators, the new operators will be allowed to build their own in- uh, connect the national infrastructure that will connect the different regions and the different towers uh, in order to, to become a lot more efficient. Um, they, so that there's a lot of investment that, that will have to go into uh, different areas of the country currently that the, the, those towers, those sites are for delivery of services and good quality services uh. in those peripheral, more remote areas in order to enable the population in underserved areas to, to be able to use broadband data services to full extent within a relatively short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but they, they also will obviously need to then cater for the, the larger commercial centers uh, in Addis Ababa, the capital, and also the regional centers. Um, so there, there will be a lot of investment going into the towers, um, the, the, the radioactive network sites, um, and probably over time into some of the backbone uh, infrastructure as well um, into international gateways over time uh, and mm. to make sure that there's uninterrupted power supply or, uh, with as little interruption as possible. Um, in a market such as Ethiopia, which is a large country, uh, roughly the same size as South Africa. Um, and also a difficult country often to deploy in because of its topography, very mountainous. Uh, there are some regions, such as the Ogaden close to Somalia, that, that are fairly remote and less, less densely populated, and it costs a, a lot of money to put up your your network, your infrastructure. You know, you know a, a, a base station, uh, effectively what, what people call a tower, commonly is could be anywhere from half a million to a million rands or more, uh, just for the, the equipment and erecting that. But you still have to get it there and. If you have to transport it over long distances or fly in some of the, the, the components into some of the regions, that can easily go to a couple million rand at least a, a site. And, and when you need tens of sites within a smaller region and hundreds of sites within a larger region and a larger city and, and multiply from there, then, then it becomes expensive very quickly. Mm.
0: And and you know I'm quite interested. I guess you know because when when we talk about all of all of that, uh, uh, you know, upstream infrastructure that's going to be needed uh, to really sort of, you know, buttress all of the packages of information that are going to be moving on a network like this, um, you know, um, in ways that are a bit different to maybe how it might have operated before, uh, by way of the type of offering that many of these consortia are going to be bringing on the table. I'm also quite interested, I guess, in two things. The one is is uh, the back-end sort of data capability and whether any uh, obligations have been placed on some of the entities there. And then maybe the last one is, uh, you know, this issue that has faced many telecoms players, uh, least of all, uh, you know, a player like MTN. Um, you know, this issue of uh, repatriation of dividends and profits out of the country, um, any any clues around how that would work? Because we certainly have seen some issues uh, in key markets, Nigeria, Angola, and many others.
1: Uh, correct. Um, so, uh, as you correctly observed, there have been problems in repatriating um, earnings, earnings um, and profits out of uh, some of the markets in, in Africa and elsewhere, and T N has had problems also in other countries for various reasons, such as Iran and, and Afghanistan. Uh, in Ethiopia, it depends um, on two factors. Uh, one one is ultimately what, what the government will uh, decide, um, and the regulatory authority, or well, the government, effectively in the central bank, in terms of repatriation of profits. But also, uh, I think uh, importantly, from an operator's perspective. So we have seen in the past that operators, um, in some instances, have decided not to repatriate any. Uh, Profits, cash out of the markets that they have gone into in the early years, and they rather um, plow all the all, all the money earned in the market back into infrastructure investments and backend systems investment, IT systems investment. Um, for two reasons, one is um, in order to become more competitive and start offering more and varied services. Um, and, and also as a future growth strategy. So the the, the more competitive you become, uh, the, 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 um, the the better position you secure, and more customers you attract, uh, you you effect effect a multiplier factor for future earnings. Um, obviously, at some point in time, um, maybe a few to several years down the line, um, you, you will. Want to start repatriating some of the money if you are a foreign um, family, oh. uh, ownership entity in their market. Uh, we don't know what the second licensee will be structured like if they have a local partner. Uh, for argument's sake, uh, they will also need to then take into consideration how they divide the profits between local partners and the foreign partners in terms of dividends. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's you know that that uh, could be problematic, but um, I suspect it's uh, you know, it's uh, there's always a, a way that is found uh, to circumnavigate so to that, or uh, effectively keep both parties relatively right, happy, so to speak. And um, to an extent, it does depend on the economic situation of the country and the requirement to keep foreign reserves in the country rather than let them be repatriated and effectively lose them. Um, and Ethiopia has been a, um, a, a, a good-growth good economy over the past few years, obviously covid uh pandemic-related uh, economic um, Constraints have taken effect and it has slowed down, but I expect that it will start growing more strongly again, and and that bodes well for the, the country's future approach to repatriation of um, of front out of the country. Uh,
0: you know, it's, it's, it's one of these interesting dynamics, I guess, but, uh, you know, companies like, uh, you know, the MTNs and uh, Safari Coms and the Vodacoms of the world, I guess, uh, you know, operate uh, in so many markets that, you know, when you think about how, populous that consumer market is going to be, you're willing to shoulder maybe a lot of uh, the uncertainty associated with some of these questions um, around, you know, the nature of the capital investments you can make, uh, and of course, by extension, the reliability of the service, and then, more importantly, whether or not you're going to be able to get earnings out of that particular country. But, uh, Dobek, real pleasure having you on the platform. Thank you very much for your time.